Yes. Whoa! What's up? Dude, what's up? What's up? Oh my gosh. Hey, can I, can you guys just show some love for our worship team? Our worship team. Oh man. Tonight is, is, I'm, I'm so pumped for tonight. You guys ready for like another awesome sex message? <laughs> Not talking about the ones on your cell phone. I'm talking about the ones that we talk about here at Soma. No. Ah, oh, wrong sex message, right? No, um, tonight's interesting. Tonight, <laughs> tonight is interesting because, uh, like this week, like God was doing something in my heart and I was like, like I literally wrote three different sermons this week in order to get to what we're doing today. Because the, 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 the questions that I'm starting to ask are, are different than the questions that I started asking when I, when, when I just started, you know, coming to Soma and being your pastor. By the way, um, if this is your first time, I'm Kelly, and I'm, I'm privileged to be the college pastor here. But it's not just college ministry, it's college and young adult ministry. So, yeah, that's right. All you people who are not going to college, that's all good. Uh, we're, we're in good company. Um, but but so, so what I'm saying is... Uh, well, I'm about to say it actually, but, but I believe that God has a special word for you individually because I've been praying, uh, for the people in this room. I've been praying for each and every one of you guys. And maybe I don't know your name or, you know, because I'm bad with names. Uh, and maybe I've never met you before, but I was praying for you before you came in here. And I believe prayer is powerful and effective. And I know that God wants to do something powerful so much that you will actually leave here a different person than when you came in so much that you may walk out of here with new friends than you came with so much that you'll walk out of here with more Jesus than you came in here with. Okay. So anyways, I will go ahead and start by uh, sharing a little bit about my life. (sighs) Man, just breath of fresh air. Worship is just a breath of fresh air. Thank you so much for leading us. So I grew up in Canoga Park or Woodland Hills area. You know where the valley is. And, and uh, my mom uh, and is a sing- was a single parent mom. Well, you know, sing- she, was, she raised me by herself. So my dad wasn't around. And, and, and one night uh, I, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't know my mom had a drug addiction until this one particular night where I walked in. And I saw her doing, um, doing drugs pretty much. And I was so, so heartbroken, but, um, but the way I, I, I expressed my, my, my anger or frustration or my sadness did came out in, in like, like anger, right? The way I expressed my sadness came out in anger. And now keep in mind, I just found Jesus maybe like maybe three months before this happened. I was 15 and a half. Okay, I was 15 and a half when I found Jesus, and then I found my mom's drug addiction problem. Anyways, I, I, I went to the police with the issue. And when I went to the police, I, I thought that they were going to help my mom with this problem. And maybe they were going to take her to a facility and she was going to get cleaned up. And that just was not the case. Instead of, instead of them taking her away, I didn't consider the possibility that they would be taking me away. And so for the next six months after that, I spent my time in what people would call a group home. Have, raise your hand if you've ever heard of a group home. 
All right, a few of you. Okay, so I don't need to explain too much. So I spent the next six months in a group home facility. It's a group home facility is 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 an e- education for boys somewhere in between, um, what's you know somewhere in between public education and jail. So I kind of lived somewhere in 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 between that. And every day we went to a school where the girls' home would go take you know go to school as well. And that's when I met Laura Chavez, Laura Chavez, right? And that's when I met Laura Chavez. And that's really where the story begins. I met Laura Chavez and she was from a a girl's home and she was this beautiful Hispanic girl who I had a mad crush on. And so, and and the way I wanted to express my uh, affections towards her is to give her a gift, uh, a token, if you will, of my appreciation for her beauty. This token was none other than Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> because that's how I roll, okay? It was not a mixtape. I went the next, I, I actually bought this <laughs> with my allowance. So, in case you don't know who Bone Thugs and Harmony, they're like a gangster in sync. I mean, like, they're like. They're, they're like modern day hardcore rap, but in a group. And, and so I gave her this mix or this, the, the, dang, you got me, you got me, you got me. Uh, so I gave her this, this tape and I, and I, and I told her and I gave it to her with a note that says, (sighs) the feelings come back. It's really hard. Will you go out with me? Circle yes or no. And you know what she said? She said yes. I mean, like, she said yes. And so, at that point, I didn't know what it meant to have a girlfriend. Uh, I just saw what it like, what it looked like on you know TV shows like Saved by the Bell and Fresh Prince and things like that. So I just didn't really know. So I thought it was just like holding hands in between periods, ho- uh, carrying her books and whatever. And and the conversation after that conversation was like, all right, so it's official. We're boyfriend girlfriend, right? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll see you later. And I just like, <laughs> like I just didn't. I just didn't know what's supposed to happen. Are we supposed to like, all right, high five. Like, like I had no idea, um, what it meant. Like these things I felt like everyone should know, but I was the only one that didn't know. Like I was the only one that didn't know. Hold on. This is killing me here. All right, cool. Um, and so, and so time went on. And we had this awkward relationship where we held hands during PE and, you know, talked about homework or whatever, <clears throat> or talked about how we don't like homework. And that was pretty much the extent of my conversations until one day, until one day, uh, she was, you know, walking out of class and I saw her and I, I noticed that she had tears in her eyes and, and she was really sad. And, uh, and I said, Hey, what's, what's, what's going on, girlfriend? (laughs) And she, and she told me, she told me that, um, she's, she's going to run away. She's going to run away from the group home, from the school. 
and uh, there's nothing you can say to stop me. So you can either come with me or peace. And so I felt like, well, man, I have to make a decision. You know, I'm, I, w- I want to be a good boyfriend after all. So, uh, <laughs> so what do you think I decided, school or girlfriend? Anyways, it was the first time I ever ran away. Um, and, and it was like this weird, not so romantic situation because we ended up like, I, I didn't really know much about this girl. Uh, she clearly had a past. I mean, the people who showed up to these schools were had huge, huge dysfunctions and also just abuse in their background and everything. And the, the girl that I was dating clearly, um, was, was, was not, was no exception, uh, in this case. And so we were at this Ralph's and she like calls up some random guy that picks us up. And I'm like, where do these contacts come from? And like, she's like, it's okay. I know where we're going. I'm like, you do <laughs> like, like, how do you know? Like you're 16 years old. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and so we end up at this guy's house and it's, 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 it's a guy's house, but there's like, you know, teenagers living there and, 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 you know, we get a hot meal and, and it's time for bed and it's, you know, I'm in, I don't know where I'm at. I'm somewhere in downtown LA and, and my, my girlfriend at the time, Laura Chavez is sleeping in the living room and I'm pretending to be asleep in one of the back bedrooms and I wait till everybody goes to sleep. And I make my way to the living room where Laura Chavez is sleeping. And that's when I find myself interacting with Laura Chavez. See, I, 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 I didn't have any boundaries. Like, I've never experienced a physical relationship. So I crawl, crawl in the bed, and I'm just, like, hugging her. And I think, like, this is awesome. This is amazing. I've never, like, been, like, my body's never been this close to another person's body like this. And, and like, fully closed. Everything's fi- fine, I think. Um, not really, actually. It's really, things have been way wrong at this point. Um, and I'm, and I'm like, we're tr- I'm trying to kiss her. And I didn't know what kissing was. It just looked like, like, on TV, kissing just looks like two people chewing gum, like, really close to each other. And... <laughs> And, and so I'm trying to kiss her and she like stops and she's like, you're goofy. And I'm like, I'm like, thank you. I, I, I thought that was a compliment. <clears throat> and then, and then, and then she was, um, not, you know, satisfied with the amount of affection I was giving her. And so she wanted more affection and I was fine. I'm like, no, I'm good. Um, <laughs> And keep in mind, I just found Jesus maybe four months ago. I don't know anything about the Bible. Uh, really, I don't know anything about the Bible. And so, and, and I didn't even think God was a taboo. And so, like, I just bring up God like, no problem, no big deal. And so, when she asked me if, if I wanted to have sex, I said, no. <laughs> like, no. And she's like, why not? And she's like, and, and I, and I told her two reasons just in case the first one wasn't sufficient. So the first reason I told her why I didn't want to have sex was because I, I'm like, well, I don't think God wants me to have sex. And I, like, I didn't think that was a problem. And the second reason was like, I don't have a condom just in case the first answer wasn't <laughs> sufficient. And I honestly wouldn't know what to do with the condom other than like put it over my head and make balloons. <laughs> like, like. 
I really, like, I wasn't even old enough for sex ed at this time. And, uh, and so the next day, Laura, Laura, uh, she, well, she, she wanted to talk to me the next day. And, and she's like, Kelly, hey, I, you know, we, we got to break up because I think you're gay. And, um, and, and, and like, I understand, like, she's just like compensating for feeling rejected, whatever. And, 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 um, and, and so she literally broke my heart. Like that small encounter left me heartbroken for like months and months and months. And, and Laura left me with a broken heart, but she also left me with a lot of questions, a lot of questions that leave me wondering about dating and boundaries or even boundaries wasn't even issues. Like, well, how are people supposed to act like what's not goofy? And I just didn't know why I would even want to be in a relationship like this. And maybe you're here tonight and and you've seen something or you've been with someone or you've just showed up here with questions, relational questions. Maybe you have questions in your own life where you've maybe been with somebody uh, and that went wrong <laughs> or, or maybe you're in a relationship right now that you shouldn't be in and you just have questions and you would love some real answers. And so today, the best I can do is ask the questions that I asked after that situation. And hopefully those questions answer some of yours. But just in case these questions are not sufficient, we have a phone number that, that you can text your questions into. And, um, <clears throat> and so if you want to take your phone out right now and put this phone number in, I would encourage you to... To text in your, don't call it because uh, it's a Google voicemail and no one's going to answer. Um, <clears throat> so it's, a, it's, it's basically a way for us to address the questions that maybe you are asking yourself. And I'll try, uh, and my team, w- w- we will try to address the answers to your questions either on social media. We're not going to call you out. Like, we don't have your contact information at this number. So you can leave it anonymous. Or maybe... I will start to address these questions on Sunday nights. Is that cool? Because relationships are funny and they're weird and we're talking about sex tonight. And I know that today was, we were supposed to talk about part two of sex and the body. Um, But I felt like tonight we need to talk about sex and dating because there's people in here that are in relationships, want to be in relationships. And I just need to give you some tools. There's no way I can be here and be a college and young adult pastor for one more Sunday and not address this issue. So would you pray for me, pray for me and pray for the people in this room and maybe God will, will meet you in in a new and fresh way tonight. Would you God, uh, we say, (laughs) you say that your word never returns void. So I ask that you prepare my heart to hear your words. I pray for this broken vessel that's standing up here right now, that you would use him. But most importantly, I pray for my eyes and my ears that I may hear and see what you want to do in my life. Give me vision for my future.
and help me leave the past that holds me behind. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Amen. So we're going to ask some questions today. And the first question that I want to respond to is why date? Why date? Oh, by the way, I'm going to be the one asking the questions, by the way. And so don't shout out like, hey, I got a question, man. What about the dinosaurs? Um, (laughs) Like, I'm the one. You can text that question. That's okay. Uh, You guys all want to know about dinosaurs now. I know. We can talk afterwards at 935. First question is, why date? Why date? That was my, my question. And, and in this society, that's uh, the first slide should be why date. And it's not there, but that's okay. You guys know it's why date. So, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. In this society, it's really interesting. When I watch one of my favorite shows, which I, I, I probably shouldn't promote. In fact, I won't. But it, it, it rhymes with Atchler. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. It seems like people date for the goal of just dating. Right? When, I, when you were 15 or 16, like, in my mind, I thought... Like, oh, I just want a girlfriend. And if someone were to ask me why, I would be dead silent. Like, I just wanted a girlfriend because Will Smith had one on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, that's the real reason why I wanted a girlfriend. And, and, and there was no reason for that as if that was the end goal. And, and I think that, you know, when you're 18 to 25, you are probably dating for a bigger reason than just to be someone's boyfriend or someone's girlfriend, you know, and, and ultimately intimacy will only go as deep as your commitment. You can write that down. Um, intimacy will only go as deep as your commitment and a dating relationship is no real commitment. And it's definitely not a, a, a life lasting commitment. And so why date in, uh, in this particular culture, the best answer that I can give you especially in the church culture, not in the secular culture. The church culture, I think the, the answer is you would date for marriage. And most of us know that. We would date for the purpose of marriage, that dating is a vehicle to get us to marriage. But the, the, the sad part is, is that when you get in a vehicle and you just end up, you know, you go on a long ride and you end up, back where you started from, it can be very, very disappointing. Some of you have been in relationships and you end up right back where you started from. You know, you've, 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 you've had the goal to, for marriage. Maybe you've, you've gone in a relationship and you thought, this is the one, and it was not. And it's really disappointing. And so, and so when you date for marriage, you, you, there's sometimes we don't know where we're going because we don't know the kind of person we want to marry, you know? So, uh, I came up with a couple questions maybe to help you identify the kind of person that you would want to marry before you get in that kind of car. Does that make sense? Uh, so actually there's another, uh, piece of paper. You probably should bring a folder because we're just giving you tons of, (laughs) of, of paper. I've actually identified a few, um, questions 
to help you identify the kind of person that you want to marry. Because without a, without a goal, you just end up driving aimlessly. And without a goal, you end up dating aimlessly. And you end up dating just the next person, uh, which is unfortunate. So the first question that you want to be asking before you get married or even asking now, and this question even applies to dating couples, you might want to be asking that question. And, and, and these questions might determine whether you leave here with a boyfriend or a girlfriend tonight. Right? After answering these questions, you might need to break up, swipe left, and delete. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is... Like, you might have to cut some fat from your life after these questions because these people may not be worth your time. The first question you want to ask is, is God calling you to be married? Not everybody gets married. I hope that's not a newsflash. Um, yeah, Jesus didn't get married. I mean, other than he's married to the church, but Paul didn't get married. In fact, the Bible says that being single is a gift. And some of you are trying to get out of this gift as soon as possible. And I'm saying, hey, wait. Singleness is considered a gift, not a curse. So you want to define, you want to answer this question, whether or not you are called to be married. The second question is, do you and your partner share the same common destiny and mission? Some of you are dating somebody. You just headed in different directions. One person wants to be, you know, an architect in, you know, Washington, and you might be called to the mission field in Ungabunga, Africa. And you're not, right? You may not be sharing the same common destiny. Number three, does you and your partner, oh yeah, this is good. Does your partner make you more? Question three, does your partner make you more of the man or woman of God that you were called to be? Does your partner make you more of the person of God that you were called to be? Likewise, in question four, do you make your partner more of the person that God wants them to be? Yeah, those are good questions that make you go, hmm. Mm, man, right there. Oh, Kelly, stop it. Kill me. Oh, hurts. That conviction. We, we got the conviction corner or, or the prayer corner. That's right. That's right. They want to pray. For, Jesse Ann wants to pray for you. Question five. Question five. Are you willing to put up with the things that you don't like about that person? Are you willing to accept their liabilities? Right? If you were to marry them and they never changed, is that okay? If the answer is no, you got to go. Question six. Question six. Are you, now, this is a defining question for your view of marriage overall. Are you willing to remain married to your partner even if it ceases to be an emotionally positive experience? This simply means, are you getting married to be happy or are you getting married to be holy? See, marriage isn't for happiness, newsflash. Because we think, I I watch the movie, I mean, every movie we watch, every romantic comedy that I watch people are constantly asking the question, does this person make you happy? 
That's the wrong question. Ultimately, marriage is designed to make you more like Jesus. Not to make you more fulfilled about yourself. So are you willing to be, are you willing to continue to be married to this person even if they cease to make you happy? That's a good question to ask yourself. And these are the questions that you ask before you're in a, mar- in, in a relationship. Not during or after. I mean, during, yes. Because you're not married, so there's still hope for you to dodge that bullet. <laughs> it's true. Anyways, those are my six questions. Or those are my six questions that I think you should ask before you get married. And if you got to check, yeah, if, you got, if, if the answer is yes in all those questions, man, you are in the right relationship. You know, you are in the right relationship. So why date? Um, basically, um, to, in order to get married. In order to get married, in order to find a spouse, not just to date. Don't be a serial dater. Don't date just for fun, even though it is fun. Don't date just for fun because it's definitely not fun when they start dating someone else. Decide to date for marriage. But just know that everyone that you go on a date with doesn't mean you're getting married to them. It's okay, Christian people. It's okay. Right? Which leads me to my second question. Why doesn't the Bible talk about dating? Why doesn't the Bible? Yeah, you pray, yeah, yeah, they didn't have J-Date back then. They didn't have eHarmony back then. They didn't, you know, they didn't have smartphones or iPads, but they did have a tablet. But... <laughs> Some of you guys are still like, why does he say tablet? Where did that? What, what did, how did they have tablets? <laughs> Moses, Exodus, Google it. Um, so why doesn't the Bible talk about dating? Why doesn't the Bible? Because they lived in a culture where they trusted their family. They, touched, they trusted their uh, culture uh, to, to pretty much help them find a spouse. Because dating wasn't about, you know, who makes me happy. Dating was about, is this beneficial for my family? Or is this beneficial for, um, is this a a good political move or something like that? So other people were in charge of finding spouses for them. And usually that was determined when you were a baby. Um, and And so that's why the Bible typically doesn't talk about dating. But the Bible does talk to young adults about how to make better decisions and live with fewer regrets. And And in Proverbs... Proverbs especially talks to young adults because Proverbs is a book written from a father's perspective trying to give wisdom to his young adult son. And in our situation, it could be sons or daughters about how to make better decisions and live with fewer regrets, especially when it comes to relationships. And there's 31 Proverbs or 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, which seems pretty like convenient because there's typically 30 to 31 days in a month. So there's, oh, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. You guys are getting it. So typically you can read a proverb a day to keep this Satan away. (laughs) But so, so if Proverbs is written to young adults, it seems appropriate that we would, you know, read Proverbs. And so so I, I, I went, and I'm like, okay, so Proverbs talks about relationships, talks about how to have good relationships and how to get rid of bad ones. So let's see what Proverbs 7, because Proverbs 7, on the seventh day of October, I finished this message, 
And I, I, I was looking at, looking it up. So we have Proverbs seven, uh, verses one through five. It says, my son or daughter, keep in mind, this is for written for a young adult. This is written for a young adult like us. My son, keep my words and store up my commands within you. Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. Ching. Bind them on your fingers. That means hold tight to them. Write them on the tablet of your, of your heart. That means memorize it. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. And say to insight, you are my relative. That just simply means pursue wisdom and insight as close as a relative or a sister or a brother. They will keep you from the adulterous woman or the adulterous man, from the wayward woman or the wayward man and his seductive words. The book of Proverbs is the, is the best book that I can say that will help guide you to make wise decisions and live a life without, with, or live a life with less regret, regrets. Um, when I was in high school or even college, you know, uh, I decided, I, I, I found the book of Proverbs in a new way. I, I, I'm not much of a reader, so that's why I like Proverbs because it's less than a half a page. You know, like a, a, a chapter is less than a half a page. And, and I found it manageable to read, read it once a day. And I felt good about completing a chapter. And I would read a whole chapter a day until I completed a month. And then one month turned into two months. Two months eventually turned into 12 months. And I ended up reading the book of Proverbs every month for three years while I was in high school. And I tell, let me just tell you, like, I, I needed a father figure or, or a mother figure in my life. And I believe God spoke to me and, and through, through his word to keep me from making really bad decisions because it kept my mind headed in the right direction every morning. And so if I were to ask, the, if someone were to ask me the question, why doesn't the Bible talk about dating? Well, it's because the Bible talks about how to think and how to be wise. And if you fall in that category of someone who wants to be wise, then read this and maybe you won't date bozos anymore. So anyways, that's, that's my answer to that question. Keep in mind, the questions we're asking is why date? Because we date for marriage. Not that every person you date you're marrying, but at least you start out with a goal. And keep, keep the Bible, keep Proverbs on your heart so it helps you make better decisions and live with fewer regrets. The third question is why wait? Why wait for Mr. Right when I can have Mr. Right now? Or why, why wait for Mrs. Right when she is hot? You know, um, that's pretty much the extent of men, like, like men's thinking, like, like, like for some reason, like that's just how that happens. So, um, why wait? Because the, the waiting is, oh, the waiting is the hardest part. I sound like a country song, but man, I, I like part of me is like, I got some good notes and I want to say it. But the first thing that comes to my mind is Donald Miller. Anybody know who Donald Miller is? 
Yeah, Blue Like What? Yeah, he wrote that one. Um, so some of you know who Donald Miller is, and I just uh, listened to an article. He just got married at like 40-something. And, and, and he says a, a good story has great tension. Right. Nobody wants like that would be a really short movie. Like if you were to watch a movie of, of a character and they didn't have to wait to get what they wanted. They just they're like, oh, I really want this. Boom. They got it. And the story's over. Right. Right. A great movie has really good tension. And, and I believe God is writing a story on in, in your life. Right. God is writing a story in your life. In fact, he's writing a story through the church to to humanity about his son. But let me tell you, that does not come without tension. Okay, back to my notes. Your capacity for intimacy is determined by your capacity to commit to being the person that God has you right now. Your capacity for intimacy is determined by your ability to commit to be the person that God has you in right now. Your commitment to purity will pay off. But that takes time. It does. See, in the book of Genesis, you can go ahead and throw the verse up right now if you like, or if it's there. Cool. Genesis 2. Um, I, I, Adam had everything in the garden. He had God. He had, you know, his needs met. And he was naked and unashamed. But he was still lonely. Because God created within Adam a longingness for intimacy with another person like him. So when God saw that he was lonely, what did he do? No, he did not create Eve right away. He gave him a job. He gave him a job. He created that tension. He created a space. He made him wait. He took that longing in his heart and he made it worse. So that, when, so that when he was fulfilled, he was so excited, he wrote a song. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, she will be called woman because she came from me. I'll go ahead and read you the verse. So the man gave names to all the livestock, birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. Pause. See, it's interesting that God used creation to even, to, to even show Adam, hey, you're missing something here. Do you know what you're missing? You see two birds, don't you? He's like, two birds. Yeah, I'll write that down. That's a good name. <clears throat> two giraffes, two owl, two cow, two cats. Adam, what are you missing? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have the word, <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, I don't know. Just keep, keep going. Let's see if you'll catch on. Uh, uh, two llamas, <laughs> two gorillas, <laughs> you know, I don't know, uh, two dogs. What are you missing, Adam? I don't know. Get, just go to sleep. And so God puts, <laughs> God puts Adam to sleep. He's like, man, this guy's just, just going to take a nap. And then he wakes up and all along what he was missing is right there. God provided, but it did not come without Patience. It didn't come without God building in him the capacity to commit so that he can experience intimacy. So why wait? It's because you trust God. You trust his development for your capacity for intimacy 
to develop. Now write this down. Don't sacrifice intimacy for immediacy. Mm. Don't sacrifice intimacy for immediacy. Man, there's a lot I want to say about that, but we only got 40 minutes. You're like, 40 minutes? This is a lot longer than I expected. Um, uh, So, so far we've discussed that marriage is ultimately the goal, but an intimate marriage, a godly marriage is the goal. Not marrying anybody, some schmuck. And Proverbs teaches us to live with fewer regrets and make better decisions. And the reason why we're waiting is because we are trusting God to develop our capacity for intimacy in marriage. The next question that I definitely have, and I'm, I'm still trying to figure out sometimes, um, how far is too far? Mm, that's a good one. You guys can say, oh, dang. Oh, dang. How far is too far? So this is when I get to use all the like weird words like fondle, genitalia, masturbation. Like I get to use those words because the context is understanding how far is too far. So, and, uh, so here we go. So go ahead and take out this piece of paper. Uh, and I, you know, in case I don't say I wrote it down. Uh, and, and I gave it to you guys to keep. And you, don't put this on your refrigerator. You might want to... <laughs> uh, you might want to, like, you know, just put this in your Bible somewhere. Uh, in Song of Solomon or something. <laughs> so, <clears throat> how far is too far? The Bible says in, in uh, 2 Timothy 2.22. It should be easy to remember. Is it 2 Timothy 2.22? Is it up there? All right, 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee the evil desires of your youth. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. (gasps) Yes, 2 Timothy 2.22. It's an easy Bible verse to memorize. It's just a bunch of twos with the word Timothy in between. It's just... So any... Just memorize it. It's really easy. Um, and you know, bind it on your heart, you know, call, you know, this is wise. This is insightful. That's God's word and stuff. All right. So how far is too far? What you need to understand about physical activity outside marriage and even inside marriage is that, is that physical activity has a shelf life. Somebody say shelf life. Shelf life is pretty much determined. Like it's a life cycle of something, right? So like milk, Milk expires. It does have expiration date, typically about two weeks away, um, or if you're really bold, three weeks away. But if, uh, if you're trying to make cheese, like seven weeks away, uh, <clears throat> cheese, milk makes cheese. Um, just in case you didn't, I think so. Uh, <clears throat> that's what it looked like when I took it out of my refrigerator. All right. <clears throat> So things like holding hands, kissing, like eye-to-eye contact, that's a thing. Uh, <clears throat> eventually, these things start to wear off, and you need more of it to give you the same feeling. And I can give you a whole bunch of, like, you know, chemicals, endorphins, and, you know, oxytocin, all that stuff. Uh, <clears throat> but you're not going to remember or care about that thing, those things. But you will care when I tell you that, you know, touching somebody in a certain way <clears throat> will eventually not be, mu- be, be enough like after two or three weeks or three or four months. And then you'll need to go further and then further and further. 
And so the rule is here, <clears throat> you can write this down. It's better to not start than to have to stop. It's better to not start than to have to stop. Go ahead and write that down. Tweet it, Instagram it, whatever. Tell your girlfriend, turn to the person next to you and just say, it's better to not start than to have to stop. That's so important. <clears throat> so I'll, I'll quickly go through this. Um, I'll quickly go through this. Um, typically, uh, physical contact usually does match your commitment level to the person. That can be a good thing and also be a, a justification to stay in a relationship you shouldn't be in as well. The commitment level, <clears throat> starting at the beginning, look and see, getting to know you, friendship, first date, dates, exclusive dating, engagement, which is preparing for marriage. That's what engagement is. Engagement. Uh, and then marriage. And each stage... Each stage is, um, you know, has like a physical contact level. And you should um, identify what your boundaries are at each stage so that you don't end up in a situation where you don't know what your boundaries are and you just kind of submit to whoever has the loosest boundaries wins, you know, or the loosest clothes or, you know, whatever. And that's typically what happens. Um, I'm going to skip down to dates and exclusive dating. Dates and exclusive dating. Um, or I'm going to actually first dates, dates, and exclusive dating. Let me just define those three first dates, dates, exclusive dating. Now there's first dates that you go on with people that, you know, maybe you meet somebody here, you're sitting across the room, maybe you're sitting next to that person and you never just, you know, like, you're like, uh, one day I'm going to ask that person on a date. All right. And, and, and that's fine. That should, and that, that could happen. That's cool. Um, but keep in mind. Like, on a first date, you don't just go in on, like, a big old, like, oh, macadocious level, like, make-out sesh, right? Like, like, that would be, right, that would be inappropriate for your commitment level, would you say? Right? That probably deserves a little bit more, like, down-the-road, like, commitment level. Right? So, and even the interesting thing about a first date. First dates can be somebody you met online. It can be somebody you met here. And a first date can be someone like I used to do internet dating and I don't recommend a first date for somebody that you met online in a place that you can't end within 30 minutes. All right. If you're going to date, if you're going to go on a date with somebody that you met online, I do not recommend that you allow yourself to be in a dating, in a, in a, in whatever situation in more than 30 minutes. Let me tell you a quick story. <laughs> so, well, maybe I won't tell this quick story. Basically, I took this girl on a date. I found out I didn't really dig her that much, but I still had to drive her back to Pasadena. So it was a long time. So my thought is, girls, don't let yourself get picked up on a first date. Meet that person there. All right? And it shouldn't, like, don't commit to a romantic dinner and a movie for a first date. It needs to be bagels. It needs to be coffee. It needs to be tea. I don't know. Whatever. Right? It cannot be more than 30 minutes. Because that's all you really need to, to see if there's chemistry. It really doesn't take long. You guys are smart people. And, 
And along with that note, you guys are dating people still trying to figure out if you like them, all right? (laughs) If you haven't figured it out and you don't know that you like them now, you probably shouldn't be dating them, right? Just saying. Stop it. Cut them loose, right? Don't let your codependence take over, right? Give them the freedom that they need. Respect that person and tell them the truth. This is not working out, hon. And I I probably should, you know, if you guys want to talk more about that, I can help you, like, craft a statement or a text message. You know, I can, because I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Like, it's, you don't have to say it's not you, it's me, or like that, you know, or it's definitely you. Like, it doesn't have, like, I will help you write a statement. My wife will help you. She's rejected many guys. She's good. She's good. Now, um, and then, and then, okay, so, so once you go past a regular date, like casual dating, then you, then maybe you decide like, wow, this person is intriguing. This is interesting. Like there's like, I see potential here. Then you can go on another one and it doesn't have to be romantic, but eventually if you keep on going on these dates, then there's a silent expectation that happens. And the silent expectation is this person's not dating anybody else. See, that should not be a silent expectation, right? That should be a conversation. That's when you go from dates to exclusive dating. Exclusive dating is when you pretty much, you know, I've been around this person a lot. And keep in mind, I'm this, like, these may not be your physical boundaries. These are some of mine. And, you know, maybe you have your own. I would love to, like, compare notes. Um, <clears throat> But you know what? Here's a great place to start if you haven't written any. In fact, I, I mean, this is going to take forever. Uh, so, But here's the thing. Dating without having a boundary list, dating without boundaries is like going shopping without a grocery list. Guess what happens? Yeah, you buy the first thing that you see, actually. You end up buying junk, right? Like, if I go into Fridays, or no, not Fridays. If I go into, t- if I go into Fry's electronic store. Dude. If I go into Fry's electronic store and I know I have a blank check or I have an unlimited Visa gift card, right? I will buy whatever they are selling. But if I know I need to get batteries, guess what I'm walking out with? Batteries. Here's your boundaries. Another story. Um, this is a more serious one because when you date without boundaries, it's... Um, it's really, really hard to get out of relationships. You know, you don't, you, you don't, you don't have the language to use. You don't know why you're in it. Like you're, you're not shaping the kind of person, the kind of marriage that you want to be in. So you're just buying the first thing that comes your way. I know that there's people in here that are in dating relationships that have violated boundaries. I know that's the case. Um, and, and there's two justifications for staying in those type of relationships. Number one, you're dating their potential and you're hoping that they will change. Number two, you think the solution to violating your boundaries is upping your commitment level. That just leads to marrying somebody that may not be headed in the same direction that you are or that ends up in even more heartbreak because you end up breaking up with them later and leading them on longer. 
my encouragement is that before, man, I would even say before tonight's over, like before you go to bed, like take this seriously. Like don't let tomorrow happen and not know how you want to use your body. Do not do that. And you may not agree with my boundaries, but at least I got some. And you should decide what your boundaries are too. And I give you a guideline here. Leave the sexual stuff for marriage. And the reason why you're single right now is because God wants to build in you the capacity to experience intimacy. And he does not want you to sacrifice it for immediacy. Decide what your boundaries are. Question five. Question five. Can I get my virginity back? Can I get my virginity back? The first question was, why date? We date for marriage. The Bible talks about how to make better decisions and live with fewer regrets. God is developing in us a capacity for intimacy. So don't sacrifice intimacy for immediacy. And today, I don't want you to leave like, I don't want you to wake up tomorrow without knowing your boundaries. Second Corinthians 5.17 talks about what it means to get my virginity back. See, virginity is, is an ideology that we identify with, right? We got the virgins and we got the non-virgins. Like, it's a group of people. Like, 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 I didn't know I was a virgin until I was, like, 17. I'm like, oh, that's me. And I stayed, <laughs> and I stayed one until I got married at 31. And uh, that took a long time. <laughs> so, but, 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 so virginity is, is and, and sex, the whole concept of it, the, the world wants to say it's just physical, which... That's so baloney. Sex is not physical. That's why we are messed up when we are sexually violated. And, you know, if you're, if sex is just physical, then, you know, if somebody violates you sexually, that just means you just got beat up, right? Sex is not just physical. Sex is spiritual and emotional. And the Bible, and and Bible knows that. That's why you need a commitment to protect that activity in a marriage. So can I get my virginity back? A short answer is yes. But you got to understand, God renews the most important things about you, and it's not the physical. He renews your spiritual and emotional. It says here in 2 Corinthians, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, and the new is here. I'm going to read that again, because you guys were way too excited. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. If anyone, who is anyone? That's everyone. That's the person next to you. Point to the person next to you and say, anyone. If anyone is in Christ, no matter where you're from, no matter where you've been, this promise is for you. But this promise is only for people who are in Christ. In Christ. Now, this, is, this promise is not for people who are in themselves. 
And what that means is before you found Jesus, before Jesus awoke in you, before you chose to follow Jesus, to be a Christ follower, your heart was inverted. Inverted. That means your wants, your desires, the way you thought, your intellect, will, and emotions was all about me. All about yourself. What you wanted, what you desired. There's a song out there, I love myself and I don't need anyone else. I love me. Right? 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 But that's the anthem of the world. That's the anthem that you hear on, on a lot of songs. Right? That's what people say. Oh, today I'm doing me. Right? But that's not... That's not the anthem of somebody who is following Jesus. No, that's not even the anthem of anybody who's going to be submitted and surrendered to Jesus in heaven. Frank Sinatra did a song back in the days. I'm doing it what way? My way. That is not the anthem of someone who's heaven bound. The anthem of someone who's heaven bound is I did it his way. Right? And so... And so when you are in yourself, this promise is not for you, unfortunately. But maybe that can change. This promise is not for those who are in your relationships, necessarily. You may be all about your boyfriend or all about your girlfriend or all about serving and loving people around you, quote unquote, because you want to make sure that their happiness and their, and your happiness is dependent and contingent upon their happiness. Oh, that's a vicious cycle. When you are in other people, that doesn't lead you anywhere. This promise isn't for those who are just in, part of me wants to say in your parents. Like, like I, I know you need to listen to your mom and dad and all that good stuff, but life is not about making sure that they're happy, especially at this age. They've done their part. And they hopefully pointed you to love Jesus in a way that makes you think, makes you desire. And your greatest want would be to please the Lord. This promise is for those who are in Christ. Not religion of men or anything else. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The new has come, the old is gone. Maybe, maybe, you, you, maybe he, he doesn't restore the physical part, but he restores the spiritual and emotional, and that's way more important. And there's been miracles where, where, where actual physical restorations of hymens have been like actually recorded, and that's possible. But God's about healing something way more important. He's healing your heart. So I want you guys to stand up. I want you to know that dating is just a vehicle that you can use however you want. And hopefully you would decide today to date so that you can experience a very intimate marriage. And that you would let God's word guide you. That Proverbs would, grow, would guide you every day for a year. I want to challenge you to read Proverbs for a whole year starting today. Like start today, chapter nine, before you go to bed, right, right, right before you write your boundaries. (laughs) 
And I want you to decide to let God renew you. Let God renew the broken parts of you. And maybe, I, 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 I'm not going to just assume everybody here has had an opportunity to be renewed. And if you have not, we have a prayer corner and we would love to pray for you. God wants to make you new. He wants to make you a new creation in him. You don't have to hold on to your past, but you can experience a newness that comes with following Jesus today. And you don't even have to believe everything Jesus says in order to start following him. You don't. Like, he had 12 disciples, and they all didn't even believe everything he had to say. They were surprised when he rose from the dead. In fact, one disciple had a nickname, Doubting Thomas. Like, oh man, that guy really didn't believe what Jesus had to say. But he still followed. You can decide today to follow Jesus, even if you have questions. And lastly, don't exchange the intimacy that God has to offer you for immediacy. Don't exchange intimacy for immediacy. Decide what your boundaries are and become people who date on purpose. Imagine what what could happen to this group. Imagine what can happen to this group if we took time to date on purpose, determine our boundaries before we even started to date or even in our dating relationships. I'm telling you, I believe there would be less pain in our present and way more intimacy in our future. And I believe that we would make better decisions and live with fewer regrets. Father God, I surrender this word to you. And I ask that you would touch the hearts of everyone that's here. Every dating couple, any, anybody that wants to date, I pray that you just continue to touch their hearts and you give them the capacity to wait and work and be content in who they are because of whose they are. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.